0: of Setting the Tone interviews. My name is Elizabeth and today Daniel, Lauren, and I are excited to get to sit down with Chloe Greenfield. Ms. Greenfield played the character Sarah Riley making 24 appearances over the last three seasons of the show. Ms. Greenfield, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here.
0: Uh, So to get us started, how did you get your start in acting and what led you to landing your role on ER?
1: It's kind of a funny story. Uh, I never really set out to be an actor. Uh, I'm born and raised in Southfield, Michigan, which is like a suburb outside of Detroit. Um, and by chance, one of my family members heard about an open casting call on the radio. Um, and we just happened to like take our whole family down there. We were like, it's Detroit, it's 2000. Having, having any kind of filming was like really uncommon at that time. Um, so it was like an event. So we went to this big open casting call. We took a Polaroid, filled out some information. And there probably was a couple hundred people alongside us doing the same thing. Um, and right when we were about to leave, a production assistant came up to us and asked my mom if she could do a screen test on me, which is basically like sitting down and uh, displaying different emotions just to show how you look on camera. And uh, pretty soon after that, we were filming Eight Miles. So that was like my first audition ever, which wasn't really an audition. Um, and after that, our, change- our lives just changed really quickly. Um, and so for a couple of years after that, we were going back and forth to Chicago, like doing smaller auditions and just trying to figure out the business because we were complete you know, newbies to everything. Um, and we started coming back and forth to LA for pilot season, which is this period during the winter time um, where all these new TV shows cast people um, and it's a really like a hotbed for actors for auditioning. So um, we had flown out and we were, doing like a straight to producers audition for a completely different production and we got a last second phone call from my agent and he said like go over here right now um you're gonna go onto the warner brothers lot and do this audition and uh that's when i met john wells and john levy and really quickly after that i booked the guest star role on er um which was only supposed to be two episodes which obviously we were psyched about um and it very quickly Turned into a series regular role after that.
2: So, how old were you when all that was happening? Like,
1: I was like eleven, twelve, um, I... and honestly, I had I had never heard of ER before. So, wow. I, <laughs> I I mean, I had never heard of Eminem when I did Eight Mile. As a kid, you're not really like unless you're that's your thing. You're not usually fangirling over people until you you know you get into your teens and stuff. So, uh, being born in '95. Obviously, ER was already on the air, and I had never heard of it before, um, which which is kind of good. It takes some of the pressure away. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but it's also a huge learning curve.
2: For sure. Well, so what was the experience like for you filming that very first episode? I mean, obviously, you hadn't, you weren't aware of the show's reputation. So for you, it was, I'm sure, just like another job, right?
1: Yeah. Um, between Eight Mile and ER, I had done a lot of like smaller productions or like really kind of cool, cutting edge stuff like web series. Um, but I had never done television before, besides the local news and things like that. Uh, So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, It was the first time I had been on a studio like Warner Brothers before. Uh, So that was kind of like intense. And I was a little unsure of myself. Uh, I knew that it was a big deal, but I I didn't really have my bearings yet. Uh, But working with John Stamos and Paula Malcolmson, this very first episode that I remember filming, I'm like going off on them about the establishment and like gender expectations and it required like a lot of self-confidence and just like fireiness. and I'm like 12, I'm new here and I, so obviously they approved of the performance because they kept writing me in um, but I was definitely nervous.
3: And as you mentioned, you were very young when you first appeared on the show. Um, what was that experience like? Basically, growing up on the show with millions watching each week.
1: Um, yeah, I have to say, like when I look back at the first few episodes, I can see because I, you know, I know myself that I was a little unsure of myself, and I'm still like working into things. You can tell I'm nervous, but I also feel like. <sighs> just being on it so young and in this like critical time in my personal development, it gave me so much confidence and everyone around me was relaxed and knew exactly what they were doing. Super professional. They didn't treat me like a kid or anything. Um, and also filming is really private, um, especially on sound stages like that. It's kind of like tight in. You've got the cameraman and you've got you know lots of people around you, but it, it still feels kind of intimate. So I didn't really feel self-aware at that time, as far as like, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as being like worried about what people would think. Um, I definitely would like laugh to myself or blush when we would watch it on TV, especially as we got into you know some of my more risque scenes <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, because I was younger than my character on the show, also, so I hadn't really had that like uh, coming of age story myself, um, but social media wasn't really a thing at that time either. Right. Right. So I knew people were watching. I knew we had good ratings. I knew that we were in like a
0: primetime spot, but
1: there was a different level of exposure um, than, than there is now. I think the stakes are higher now.
0: So your character worked most, most closely with John Stamus's character, Tony Gates. What are your memories of working with him?
1: Um, All good memories. I got to say. Good. Um, yeah. I worked primarily one-on-one with John and I feel like, He's one of those people who is, he's a true entertainer, like at heart. Uh, and even when we weren't, you know, rolling, it, he'd be somewhere in the sound stage with a group of people around him telling a joke and the sound would just like erupt with laughter of people around him. And if you watch some of the interviews with the cast, he's doing the same thing. He's always cracking jokes and just like being a big personality. Um, he, he brought a lot of life into more serious scenes. Most of my plot line throughout the show is really kind of heavy. And so working with him made it a lot more fun than than it was serious.
0: Did a lot of people uh, call him Uncle Jesse on the set?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think I think the question I got the most often and like I said, keep in mind, I'm like 1213 when this is happening anyone that i met that found out that i was on the show or that i was working with him would be like oh my god is he really hot in person and i'm sitting there like he could be my father i
3: don't
1: know how to answer that question yeah it's like it's like um, he's
3: playing my father figure Ugh.
2: right
1: it was definitely like i think i think it was good for both of us because he gave me a lot of self-confidence and ability to like be a kid still and like enjoy myself on the show which i think he did also Um, But I think I also brought him down to earth a little bit, because I was definitely not ogling him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So
2: in addition to John Stamos, you got to work with um, kind of a who's who of of other talented actors on the show, people like Stacey Keach, Forrest Whitaker, um, and of course, Makai Pfeiffer and Linda Cardellini. Um, Did you have any favorites among the cast that you got to work with on set, or maybe people that you'd wished you'd gotten to work with more?
1: I mean, let me start by saying that I was incredibly lucky as a pretty inexperienced actor to be around such like an obscenely talented group of people, both cast and crew. Um, I feel like with certain people um, like Stacy and Forrest, they had just this huge presence and like not in an intimidating way, Mm -hmm. um, more just like a potency to their work. And I remember not necessarily like working super closely with forest and things like that. But like watching these scenes get filmed and like trying to absorb things through osmosis, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like really wanting to uh, be able to like portray characters in the same way. Um, Stacy played my grandfather, as you know, and, at the time same thing like i didn't really know who he was but i knew that everyone else was really excited that he was there um and we had a great scene where we're just sitting across from each other eating pancakes and we're like flicking things back and forth at each other when we're not uh filming and things like that so both of them were really great to work with um working with makai was great because he was also in eight mile he played future which is um one of the main characters in eight mile so that was one of those like coincidental things where uh, the major projects in my life have almost always included Mekhi. Um And I think if I could have worked with anyone more, it would have been Linda Cardellini. Um, she is placed like my pseudo stepmom at a certain point in the show. Um, and we had a lot of fun filming together, but also just like she's gone on to do such amazing things. I mean, she did before. I'm a fan of Freaks and Geeks and things like that.
0: Yeah,
1: But I just finished watching her on Dead to Me. Frances Conroy, uh, who played my grandmother. I had only just like, I think one or two days filming with her um, out like on location at a ranch. Um, But she's an incredible actor and she makes such amazing cameos. Um, So definitely if I could have worked with her more, that would have been great. And uh, finally, Angela Bassett. I only uh, got to meet her and really see her the very last episode um but she's a powerhouse so that would have been a
2: lot of yeah. fun was it a so when you um you, you mentioned how you work with makai previously was it a situation where you knew he was on the show when you started or he knew you were coming on or was there kind of that like meeting in the hallway like hey i remember you kind of thing
1: yeah it was definitely a meeting in the hallway kind of thing um especially because when i came onto to the show we weren't sure how long i was going to be there or you know how things were going to pan out so it was just good to have someone that we were so familiar with and so comfortable with. Um, And unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of scenes with Makai, but that kind of added to the breaking the ice factor when I first got on.
2: Yeah, for sure.
3: And then your character's most dramatic scenes come in late season 13 when her mother dies from a drug overdose. What are your memories of filming this episode and portraying such a traumatic event at such a young age?
1: In retrospect, I'm really flattered that the writers thought that I could handle this. Mm -hmm as a kid. Um, And and I have to say, like, if I can brag on myself a little bit, I think I did. Um, (laughs) I remember, I do remember talking through it with my mom uh, for like the day before, once we knew that this big scene was coming up, and also just like, thinking about, you know, how I would feel in that situation, um, with something as monumental as that happening. Um, I'm that person who cries at like, Everything. I will cry at a commercial. I think last week I cried about uh, like the final scenes in Surf's Up. So the, getting the emotion there <laughs> wasn't particularly hard. I'm definitely like a Sophie. I'm a Cancer. I'm a huge Sophie. Um, but of course, like there is some pressure when there's 30, 50 people around you, and even if you can do it in your bedroom, you don't always know if that's gonna like come out in the moment. Um, so yeah, I was I was concerned about being able to produce tears. I remember that, um, but obviously he's got tricks and stuff. I did end up being able to do it, by the way. Um, but there's also some really unique techniques you can do where, like, you blow air up into your sinuses, hmm. and it, if that makes sense, like if you if you like blow air through your mouth up through your sinuses, it'll make your eyes water. And so if you can get the emotion down and kind of put yourself hmm. in someone else's shoes, the the eyes watering thing happens. Aside from that, it's exhausting. Like, even our most grandiose breakdowns in real life are usually, you know, a few minutes long, whatever. Uh, But when you're filming multiple takes and multiple angles, um, I think we shot like three or four angles. So we'd have to like pause, move the camera around, change lighting, Um, And then go again and try and like match that same level of emotion. Um, So I was exhausted. And I also just felt like water was like going through me. We had those tiny little like baby water bottles on set at the time. Um, And I must have drank like 50 of them throughout filming. Um, But also everyone was extremely supportive. I swear you could have like heard a pin drop on set while we were there. Everyone like was used to dealing with very heavy and dramatic scenes. Um, so they did a lot to, like, console me and make sure that the ambiance was right. Um, also, another thing that was weird about that scene was that the entirety of the time that we're doing this, Paula Malcolmson has to be laying on the table completely emotionless while I'm, like, shaking her and crying over her. And, um, and I do remember her saying that that was difficult. Um, yeah. Because she, you know, she played a corpse extremely well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So was that just, so was that scene, was that just all of one day or did that take multiple days between all giving all the different angles and such?
1: No, it was one day. Um, They do let you know, like, that something is coming up. Um, But if I recall properly, we shot that all in the course of, like, maybe three hours. Oh, wow. So it was it was a lot of back to back, and I think that was probably good because you do need to like stay in a headspace where um, you're kind of tapped into like how that would feel, which again it's exhausting. because so you want to get it done as quickly as possible. Um, and then we did actually film a, a very short uh, scene after that out in the ambulance bay, where John's character comes up to me and I'm like sitting out on the stairs, and I just look like deflated, which I. Certainly felt plated <laughs> at that time. So I mean, they're incredible, and they knew exactly what to do and how to set it up, and uh, we actually got it done pretty quickly.
0: So you already touched on this a little bit, uh, mentioning the C- the series finale, but uh, with Angela Bassett, what other memories do you have of filming that of filming that episode? And just sort of what was the the vibe that was everyone was feeling at the time on set?
1: Um, it was bittersweet, which I I think it's like it oversimplifies it a little bit, but. Um, for one most of the cast and crew had been there for a lot longer than i had um and this had been like their life for so long um but also being able to like work with so many talented people and create something that was so impactful to people both on and off the set um there was a lot of pride in being involved at all um there was obviously sadness knowing that this was like the end of an era Um, And I feel like things were really changing in television at that point. The writer's strike um, had just happened at the the end of Mm -hmm. the season before. Um, So I think like winding up to it, we knew that the end was coming and it was just like such a beautiful episode, but happiness, sadness. I think I was the only person on the set um, who, as Carly said, like, they were popping champagne left and right, and it was crazy, and I'm the only one there under 21. Like, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But also a great opportunity um, to be able to work with so many actors that had been on the show over the years and came back to do, like, this last episode, um, who I never would have had the chance to meet if it weren't for that.
2: Yeah, what was that experience like, getting to meet those folks who had, you know, like you said, you never – only seen them on, you know, the older episodes or just heard about them.
1: Just insane. I mean, I think one of the running jokes in the industry is like everyone's been on ER. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of how it felt. Um, Like I said, I was still a kid, not a movie buff. And so seeing people walking in and out all day long, filming their scenes and just being around um, because it was a very communal set was crazy. Honestly, there's no better way to describe it.
3: Now, Daniel touched on this a little bit, but my question is, did you ever, um, once you got cast, did you actually go back and watch those older episodes to see what legacy you were inheriting?
1: Uh, you know, I probably should say yes. <laughs> 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 we, we, sh-
3: we won't tell yeah, anyone. Yeah. It's fine. We'll cut it.
1: <laughs> um, I didn't. Like I said, I I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I did, I did watch um, some of the things that were, on the air. Um, and I did my research Mm -hmm. on the back end. Uh, my agent at the time told me a lot about what was going on. And obviously like my family and friends knew about ER. Um, but I, I didn't know much about the show. Um, so for me, I think that was good because I had like, I had a fresh set of eyes. I didn't come to it with any expectations. And, um, it helped me just, in the moment instead of like trying to think about like what the bigger picture was or like what kind of legacy just showing up and doing my best um and I think that's what everyone who worked on that project did
2: what was what was your feeling like as soon as that last episode was done and were were you thinking to yourself like I'm like it's sad that this is ending but I'm glad to be moving on and doing other things or were you thinking like oh shit what do I do now I have to go get a real job or I have to go do something else like what was going through your head
1: (laughs) You know, it was a kind of crazy time in my life. I kind of went through puberty while I was on the show, which of course is like a huge combination of feelings um, and also just like having these crazy experiences. But also I was um, was 15 or I turned 15 right around the time that we stopped filming. Um, And because I had booked 8 Mile um, back in 2001 when I would have been a first grader, I had never really gone to school. Um, Um, I had been like, and not in a bad way. Like I had had opportunities here and there where I wasn't filming something and I would, you know go back to Michigan and be um, in my public school for maybe six months when it wasn't pilot season or I did like a virtual academy for all of my middle school experience while I was filming ER and that was awesome and like really cool and I don't regret it in any way. But when I was about 15, I felt like I had, like, other things I wanted to experience and that I was having that, like, FOMO of, like, fear of missing out and being a teenager. Um, So I did actually end up going back to school. I still auditioned a lot um, for a few years following that. um, And I was a teenager. So I was rebelling a little bit against what my you know, experience had been for most of my life.
2: So uh, do you have a specific memory or story from your time on set? That's kind of personally significant to you. Like when you think back on those days, is there a story that stands out to you as kind of most meaningful
1: there? I mean, I feel like this is what everyone says, but it's true. It's like, there's a million different things that stand out in my head. When I think about it, um, I actually just listened to Carly's episode, um, And like Carly's awesome. She was, she felt like a big sister while we were filming and she was always like messing with me and things like that. Um, And she reminded me actually, I felt like I had this memory pulled from the back of my brain of that like air popper. Um, And I do remember them doing that to me on set and I had no idea what was coming. And then all of a sudden you just get like winds, like you don't know what hit you. Um, So there was was definitely a lot of antics, um, but I do have a couple vivid memories for one being able to go into, like, the Warner Brothers costume department and see these, like, this, like, warehouse full of costumes from different shows and different movies. And, like, that was one of those very surreal experiences. Um, and also just, like, the, the incredible amount of cool stuff they had there. Um, but also during the episode that we filmed, Parental Guidance, they had to figure out a way to... Uh, put a fake tongue piercing on me. <laughs> so we went through a million different options for probably about a week before we filmed this scene where I'm like in the ambulance day and I stick my tongue out and I like reveal that I've gotten a tongue piercing. Um, they tried like cake toppers, like sprinkles that were sprayed silver, and they even thought about super gluing something onto my tongue, but obviously that couldn't be done. Um, uh. And So I just spent a lot of time for about a week sticking my tongue out at people and (laughs) trying to catch things. Uh, So that one sticks out to me a lot. I had a lot of fun with that episode. Um, As Carly mentioned, like a 90 degree day on the back lot where we had trucked in tons and tons of snow and there's snow falling and we're wearing winter jackets. Like those are just one of those moments where you're simultaneously sweating and cold because on the ground, there's all this ice around you. um, And then also, you know, the sun is beaming down. So that was really interesting. Um, Also, um, during lunch, a lot of days, um, the cast and crew would go in and like play on the computers that are like right behind the desks in the front of the the ER. And we would be playing Call of Duty. (laughs) There's no internet on those computers. But for, like, days and days, we'd have, you know, maybe an hour for lunch, um, and I learned how to play Call of Duty on the ER computer, so that was pretty awesome.
0: So out of curiosity, with the tongue piercing, what ended up being the solution for that? I think it was some,
1: like, device that they had shipped in that was um, kind of like a suction. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it had, like, a hole in the center of it, um, and so you would kind of, like, put it against your tongue and then, like, try and suck on it, and it would, like, Mm. have a little adherence onto your tongue, but also we did have to film that scene and then cut right before I go to stick my tongue out and then attach it on, and then I stick my tongue out. Um, so it was a little bit of an effort to get it to not fall off mid-scene. I'm just glad they weren't like, hey kid, okay, go get your tongue here?"
0: Oof, yeah. That just seems like the most oddly specific piece of equipment I've ever heard of <laughs> for
1: acting. Well, I feel the like these is- are the cool things that you get to do when you're when you're filming. Like that's what makes it so much fun. Um, like there's really no other reason that you would go out and try and find a substitute for a fake <laughs> tongue piercing. And there's all these random asks that come up, um, and that's why like the crew are the MVPs
3: there's a lot of other piercings that are way easier to fake, but I can't imagine anybody wanting to bother faking a tongue piercing. That's just like,
1: I mean, you can literally super glue a piercing or get like a cuff or any kind of thing for any other piercing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But for your tongue, that's kind of a no go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun.
0: So, uh, it looks like you took a break from acting following the end of ER. You kind of mentioned you, you know, wanting to be a teenager after, after all this whirlwind time since, uh, eight mile. Um, what have you been up to in the years since And Do you ever see yourself returning to acting?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. So after we wrapped ER, uh, like I said, we returned back to my home state. Um, I went to high school. I went to college. Um, I actually went to college out here in California. And I traveled a lot. Uh, after I finished high school, I did move back out to California. Um, and I think, like, really the advantage for me there was having different experiences. And I think it's added to my ability to act in the first place because I've had a lot of my own first 10 experiences Um, and I got the chance to like be a stupid kid and like make my mistakes and grow up and not be in the public eye, which I think for my general, you know, for my overall life, that was fantastic. Um, And I still do audition here and there. I've worked on, um, you know, coming up with some projects to work on for myself. And I do think that I will pursue acting again once the world allows. Um, Of course, I was just like gearing up to start doing that again. And then we have COVID (laughs) and all this craziness. Um, But I've gotten a chance, like I've learned about environmentalism, um, herbalism, and i found a lot of things that I'm passionate about um, besides acting. And I think that it'll, it will bring a lot of, uh, life into my work going forward
3: i just have to say selfishly for a minute i'm really excited we're talking to another michigan native because i'm from michigan so i'm just like yay
1: (laughs) that's awesome where are you from
3: (laughs) um east lansing
1: oh nice Yeah, yeah so my sister went to school up there um i've only been up there one time and i i mean i loved it it was winter time but it was a great time
3: um we've made a habit of getting questions from other fans because you know it's it's a rare opportunity to get to speak to er cast members and crew so we some of our favorite fan questions that came in first off was what was the best piece of advice you've been given about acting
1: um the best piece of advice was from mallie finn um who is is the late mallie finn she was the uh casting director for eight mile and like I said, we never tried to get into acting. Um, so I had never taken acting classes. I had never done any kind of like professional work. Um, and she advised that I never take acting classes. And to this date, I've done some improv. Um, and I've, I've worked with some coaches here and there, but I've never taken an acting class. Um, and I really stand by that. Not that there's anything wrong with acting classes. I don't want to come off like, Um, like I'm against them. But I do truly believe that if you're someone who is interested in acting and you can't afford classes or they're not in your area, all you really need to do is to like sit with yourself, get in touch with your emotions, learn who you are as a person, um, observe other people. I think um, just like paying attention to how other people react and also knowing how being empathetic and like knowing how you would feel in someone else's shoes is really all you need to be an actor. Um, Obviously there is technique and with particular auditions or roles, you absolutely need a professional to help you out. Like I uh, auditioned for Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, and that required, you know, Queen's English. And I don't know the first thing about doing an accent. So there's, there's definitely a time and place. Um, but I think the best advice I ever got was just like, to be an actor from your perspective. Um, that's what makes people so unique and interesting to watch and makes it feel authentic. Um, so don't overthink it, like act from your, you know, your heart space.
3: And then the other question we got, um, was, do you keep in contact with anyone from the show?
1: Yeah, I mean, here and there I have. Um, obviously, there's a there's a pretty big age gap um, <laughs> between me and a lot of my co-stars, um, which has been good and bad. But like over the years, I've like I've been in contact with everyone on social media. Um, I got the chance to go to quite a few Beach Boys concerts um, with John because yeah. he's their drummer. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I forget so, about that. Yeah, yeah. Anytime we were in the same town, he would invite us out. We've been up on stage with them and those are some of those weird things where like one opportunity brings another opportunity into your life i would have never thought that i you know we'd be hanging out with the beach boys (laughs) um (laughs) but also just i've just run into some people here and there which has been really cool um i ran into busy phillips at uh, Mercado sagrado in malibu last summer um and she was there with her family and super nice and like we just started laughing immediately um And also having the chance to see some of the crew at um, a Shameless series wrap party, um, because it is a similar, um, not entirely the same, but some of the same people work on that production. Um, So I got the chance to go to that party and that was a lot of fun. Um, So yeah, here and there, on and off, um, it's been a lot of fun.
3: And then are you working on any current projects and how can fans keep up with your work?
1: Yeah. I'm not working on any current projects at the moment, um, global pandemic and all. Um, and obviously, like I said, I'm still getting back into acting um, after quite a few years on a hiatus. But I am really responsive on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, my handle is ClagLive on um, those sites, and I do have my own website, uh, which is just ChloeGreenfield.com if you guys want to check that out. Um, but, yeah, I'm here. I'm super responsive, and I love talking to people and hearing their perspective on things. So don't hesitate to reach out.
2: And last question we have, it's, it's kind of one we've made a habit out of asking everyone we talk to. Um, what do you think it's important for fans of ER to know about it from your kind of unique behind-the-scenes perspective uh, through your eyes?
1: I think that ER, because it's such a you know highly awarded show and it's been around for so long, it can kind of come off like something um, – that might be really intense to work on. Um, And everyone who worked on this project was genuine, hardworking, like no doubt the best crash course I could have ever gotten into production, acting and everything, Um, because those people have high standards and they showed up and they did their work on time, but we also had an incredible amount of fun. Um, And I guess I just encourage everyone to find out more about Um, what the cast and crew is doing now in search of people's current projects, um, because obviously the end of VR has come and passed, but, um, all of those people who worked on that project are off doing amazing things. Um, so definitely encouraging everyone to check out the current
2: projects. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for, uh, joining us, taking the time out to, uh, talk with us. Um as always this is always so much fun to get to talk to somebody who is actually there and especially from your unique perspective of like we said you almost grew up on the show so that's kind of I think you're one of the few that can probably say that
1: yeah um first of all thank you for having me it's been great um and this really like brought up a lot of like memories that I had from years ago about that show um always great to reminisce and great meeting you guys